You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. I want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Superhero Education Podcast. My name is Eugene P. We got my main man, Stephen Emmanuel Gurner, in the house. Not totally accurate, but welcome, everyone. Welcome. This will be a great show. This will be an important show for our listeners. And we want to we want to we want to set the tone for this show like right from the beginning. So while you're listening, the show is about parents, parents of children in schools. So we're giving you a few seconds to go to go get some parents in your group chat. On your social media, because it's all about parents on this show. So we're parents uh, and we're both we're, hey, we're both parents. And for some of these uh areas that we have outlined for today's show like we're dealing with some of them we're not but some of them we are and and we all know like parents can make it like your life amazing as an educator or they can make your life really challenging as an educator uh depending on the relationship with parents with you with the school with the district and so we're gonna we're gonna hop into some heavy stuff some heavy stuff this show steve because uh it's a lot going on right now. So we're going to ask if parents are being helpful or are they being harmful? Can you remember? So we have each of us, Eugene and I each have 25 years experience in the education world, teaching and leading schools. Can you remember your most helpful parent? Yeah. Yeah. We had a lady. It was a grandma. I'll, I'll never forget her. Um, we had a lady named, man, I'm going to have to, make sure she gets this uh uh um make sure she gets this this episode to her inbox we had a lady named emma armstrong she was the most dedicated parent slash grandparent i've ever seen she didn't take no mess from students from teachers or from administration like she was the total package but in she return, would come in and help you. In return, she would volunteer for everything. I mean, literally everything, and would do it at a high level. You didn't have to worry about no mess with her. Um, and and I'm gonna be honest, I'm not sure she was ever formally trained to be a teacher, but she could do it with her eyes closed. You love those those volunteers as teachers. You only need a few of those, and your school year is so nice. Emma Armstrong was her name. Amazing lady. I was teaching. It was my first year. I'm 21 years old. I'm teaching uh, lower grades, first grade. And I had a parent, and it probably came from her child. I had a parent that organized school lunches for me so she brought me lunch and then she would organize with the other parents that I got lunch every day for two two and a half months from restaurants they would go they would make homemade items and so that parent had a list and she made sure that I was fed at lunch so not helping academically but it probably affected my mood it probably affected how I taught because I was so excited to get get those lunches Again, as 21st, 21 year old single teacher, uh, getting those lunches were, were so powerful. Still remember it. Steve, let me ask you this question. And since we're talking about parents, before we get into the stuff, let's go to me and you for a minute. Do you find yourself as an educator that being a parent to your own children for school related stuff do you find you take a back seat or are you even more engaged cuz this is what you do for a living sounds bad but i probably do the back seat 
I'd probably do the back seat. I'll tell you one, one example of that. Parent-teacher conferences. I do not like going to parent-teacher conferences for my own children. I always try to say I, I can't go. I try to have my wife go without me. I have lots of excuses so I don't have to show up for parent-teacher conference because I don't like it because it's 10 minutes. I already know the grades. I already know how my children are doing to all the online grading. So I figure I'm going to go in the car, go to school, get into the classroom, wait a little bit, talk to the teacher about how everything's going. They're going to go through a report card to grades that I already know, and then we're going to leave. So that's where I take the back seat on. on that's one example. So I, I probably take the back seat on other, other forms of parenting as well with school. The reason why for me, like I found it interesting when, when like for parent conference, when they don't know that I'm an educator, I see I get treated one a certain type of way. When they know you're an educator, they, when they know differently? I know if they don't know I'm an educator, I get treated average. Talk down to. But when they know I'm an educator. I feel like they're putting on a show for me. And I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. And, and, and I never go in and say, hey, I'm Eugene and, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a parent and I work in education. I do this, this and this and this. And I train your boss. Like I never go into that conversation that way. I try to not tell them anything at all. But honestly, I get treated differently when they know what I do for a living. And I just don't like it. I think you should treat all parents with respect with joy, but if I'm being honest with you, the times people didn't know what I, what I do for a living, they talk down. And when they do know what I do for a living, they talk up. And that's unfortunate. That, that's right. That, that's not right because that, that could hinder some students' growth just by, by having that attitude. I I remember one time when my son was in like fifth or sixth grade, I'm like, I told the teacher, treat my son the way you treat any other kid. Don't do anything special because I'm a principal. Did it work? No. 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 I mean, I was treated like a superstar, but that wasn't real. It wasn't real. Like, that's not the reality. I know my son's trying you because he tries me, but you're not telling me. It's mm. a good point. That takes us into really looking at parent involvement. If it's, if it's helpful or harmful, and what we're seeing across the country, we're seeing more than ever, 2021 will be marked down as parent involvement in education like never before. If you go back to when we were in school, my parents wouldn't know, would see the teacher for the first time in a parent-teacher conference. And again, a parent-teacher conference is only 10 to 15 minutes in October usually. And that'd be the first time they understood how I was doing, where the teacher was, the classroom. And that, I remember my mom always going, we better get a good report or else. And I was just hoping that the teacher would just give a positive report because when they got home, that would dictate if I was grounded or if I'd get some little reward. And that totally changed to 2021. If we fast forward, parents have online grading now. They're at open houses. They're getting involved in, in many ways, dropping off their child possibly. So parent involvement has increased dramatically. And then we're seeing also across the country now movements of maybe even not trusting where schools are going, maybe even saying we have to get more involved because we don't trust where some administrators or teachers are taking our children. I just see more parents dictating what's happening in schools. 
whether it's school board, whether it's uh, the principal, whether it's the assistant principal, whether it's the teacher. Whether it's so the let's book. talk about one of those. Let's take one of those. Let's talk. Let's talk about the topic that is addressed. Everybody is right now the COVID. COVID and and wearing mask or not wearing mask in in school districts. I think you have the same process for two different views. I'm going to make you wear face mask because this is what I believe in. Or I'm going to make you not wear face mask because this is what I believe in. And if you don't do what I say, I'm going above you. And is that, they, is that they helpful? Eat. No, it's not. It, it, it's, 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 I don't think it's helpful. Because there's an outlet for parents to participate in school functions or leadership or governance, but to go to a meeting, to go to a school board meeting or to a, or a school board meeting or a local school meeting and just take over or to hijack it, it's not right. And I'm saying that on both sides. It, it's not right. There's ways of saying your piece. But taking over is something different in a school setting. So you're saying follow, follow the system. So it's not that the, the parent shouldn't be concerned. This is my child and I want to I want to follow through and because and, I'm concerned. You're saying follow the procedures that are laid out. Don't don't shout at school board members at a meeting. Don't have the police come because you're you're not following the guidelines that the school right. district set up. Right. I mean, me as a parent, I can't tell Steve how to parent. Like what's right for me doesn't mean it's right for Steve. It's just simply that simple. And that's on any issue. I can't. You know, if Steve don't want his kids to wear socks and I want my kids to wear socks, I can't shut down a school board meeting over that. So shouldn't parents, because the parents would say, Eugene, we're sending our most valuable possession and we love our children so much. We feel the school district is going down the wrong way. We're paying taxes. We're in this community. We gathered 50, 100 people, we're going to go to a school board meeting and we demand to be heard. What's your so money, wrong Your with money that? is your vote. Your money is your vote, right? I, I, I just, like, in, in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm thinking COVID-19, I'm thinking face masks. Now, I prefer to wear my face mask. But I'm not walking down to central office and demanding your family wear face masks. There's enough people in the school building to make a decision, a logical decision. I don't, so what if I don't you disagree with what. So I, I don't uh, I don't like the mask, but I have to follow it at right when I go into certain places, they say you have to have a mask. I have to follow it. But where's the line that I can get involved and say, I don't want that for my children. Where what can I do then? You could go to a school board meeting and when they have the option for that piece, you can say it. But to take over the meeting, to hijack okay. the meeting for any parent, for any side. Sure, sure. For mass or against mass, yeah. that's where I don't I You're don't like consistent. that and I draw the line. You're not taking a topic and picking a side. You're being consistent saying, regardless of what side you're on, follow the meet. You'll have a chance to speak. They'll call on you. You say it. So what about the idea of of uh, protesting at an administrator's house. I mean, I, it's not my thing. I wouldn't do it. Is it helpful? Gets attention? Maybe a little new? Maybe it I mean, draws it, attention? It gets, a, it gets attention. Sure, it gets attention. Helpful or harmful? I'm trying to think of a time that I can remember. And it probably has happened. I just don't remember it. I'm trying to think of a time when protesting at someone's house led to change mm. so and i could only do this locally because because i'm local right i'm local here i remember when people protested 
at Scott Walker's house for Act Ten. So Didn't we're help. talking. We're talking Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're talking a past governor of Wisconsin when they Act Ten was something that he initiated and created to uh, end the collective bargaining for public school teachers. And then there were protests at his house. So you don't think that was effective? It didn't lead to, it didn't help the recall because he beat the recall. So, and then the the, the, mo- the one that's most frequent in my mind was the, and this is not education, but uh, the cop, uh, the oh, cop sure. from Tulsa, people were protesting at his house. And did it lead to the cop being sanctioned or for the killing of a person? No. I mean, I'm sure it has helped, but the two examples that pop in my mind, it did not help at all. Sure. And and is it showing, so is it showing if a family has, because I've seen this on the news where the family has their children with them. So is it showing them this is how we, this is how we handle our disputes. We're going to protest, peacefully protest, and hopefully get some change. Or is it hurting a student because they're seeing mom and dad in this situation and it's considered an act of disrespect and the student doesn't right. have to listen to the teacher? And, and this is tough for me, Steve, because you know how much of a fighter I am. And I'm a protester. But I believe you protest in like, and I'm not saying you got to follow someone else's rule to protest. So I'm definitely not saying that at all either. But I think in a school board sense, hijacking the meeting, you're never going to win. I shouldn't say never. You're probably not going to win. Not when there is as many people on the other side that may. Now, if everybody think the same way, like then you might can do something. But as long as it's in the range, there's as many people who want to wear masks as as many people who don't want to wear masks. Like you kind of at an impasse. I believe it's helping. It, it's it's helping because I'm watching administrators change their opinion. I'm seeing some school districts that are going, we are going to wear masks. We're going to start that way. We're going to watch the CDC numbers. And all of a sudden, a couple protests, a couple protested administrators, and all of a sudden, you know what? We came back together as a board and we decided those CDC numbers are, are fine and we're not going to have these mandates. We're going to start off differently. So I think it's, I think it's giving, it's powerful, and I think it's making administrators go, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going least resistance. Okay, so let's just play fantasy protesting for a minute. It's like fantasy football. So I'm asking you this, not your personal opinion. I'm not, it is not my personal opinion. But there's a school board meeting. 400 angry parents protesting. We need to wear masks. And then the next week, 400 angry parents <laughs> protesting. We don't need to wear masks. Correct. Correct. Who wins that one? I, that's that's what's playing out across our country, right? Hey, I'm terrible at fantasy football. You know that, but oh yeah, you're horrible. Oh. I, I'm terrible. I I think that's just a total waste of time. But anyway, separate topic. You're you're right. So what's happening? Here's the problem. What's happening is it's not done on on the science of it, it's not done on, on parent input and value of should we wear the mask or not, or social distance. I believe what's happening is administrators are taking this and they're finding this mushy middle ground. So they get 400 and they say, you must wear a mask. So they're like, okay, well, we'll start off with wearing masks. And then they say, 400 say, you better not wear a mask. And then they go, well, we're only going to do it for a short time or we're only going to do it or we're going to split the difference. Older students don't have to. Younger students do. And so then they're trying to split the difference and make both sides happy. And when you do that, you can see what the problem is. And that's what I feel what's happening is because we've never had this kind of parent involvement in, in this fashion, administrators 
and others are in positions they've never seen themselves before. And so I believe they're splitting the difference a lot of times. Yeah, that's happening in a district right by you where uh, depending on the degree of decibels of the process is where it usually ends. Um, I was just getting ready to tell you something. Um, I just had a brain freeze. Oh, for me, I'm, this is just me. And I look at things in a different way. I'm less worried about the protests. It's going to happen on both sides. But I, I actually pay more attention to the actual school boards and the superintendents. Because the protesters are going to be there one way or the other, right? But they don't hold the power. But they don't hold the power. The power is the school board superintendent, or if it's a private entity, maybe the church or CEO. But it's really on them. They're the ones that have to live in this space and do something. And I love watching the leadership or lack of leadership when there's pressure. But the parents can put extreme pressure on. If you're in the if you're in a parochial school, they you remove 50 families, 20 families, that can devastate a school. The last show we did, we just finished the show on COVID-19, beginning of the school year. We talked about COVID. Look, Steve, you were here, I was here. We saw people put uh, put pressure on a district that wasn't giving kids work during the pandemic and nothing happened. Like, I don't know what else they could have done. I believe the parents that are putting the pressure on across our country, it's a movement. It's not just, you're not just seeing us in, we're in Milwaukee. You're not seeing us just in Milwaukee. You're seeing us across the country in so many districts. Take, for example, let's hit another topic, critical race theory. There are parents that are going into school board saying, that absolutely should not be taught in, in our school districts because it's teaching our kids that they're racist and they're oppressors. And our students are, our children are white and we don't want them feeling that they're oppressors and they're racist. And so that's happening across our country as well. Helpful or harmful thoughts on critical race theory and parents getting involved in that. I just, let me breathe for a minute. Real Topic Superhero Education Podcast. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, this one is so interesting to watch unfold because I've rarely seen people who agree with critical race theory and know what they agree with. And I rarely see someone disagree with it and know what they disagree with. And, you know, I was talking to, um, I don't know if I can say his name. Probably not say his name, but just. I was talking to a college student that we both know on Saturday. Jimmy Taylor? Jimmy Patterson? Jimmy no, Patterson. I was talking, yeah, Jimmy Patterson. I was, I was talking to a college student that I know, uh, and I'll keep him nameless. And we were talking about how. This time last year, we were talking about Black Lives Matter for or against, like whatever person, wherever person falls. But how now that conversation is silent, dead silent. And it's morphed into critical race theory. And once again, just like the thing with the face mask. You got people who have no problem at all, and you got people terrified by it. So and is it good that parents are getting involved in this? It's always good for parents to be involved in, in learning opportunities and, and things of that nature. But where I have, this is just, and it just doesn't answer your question. But the problem I have with the conversations on critical race theory is, to me, my opinion, Eugene, it often goes to anything black or urban that I don't like, it's critical race theory. 
Mm. That's interesting. So it gets lumped because people can't explain what it is. They're throwing anything that they don't like into that category. Steve has his hat on backwards. That's critical race theory. We don't want him around here. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's a very interesting insight. And, and so, and I know that's different from protesting, right? But I just for a point of clarity, like that gets to me more that people will just add and pile on. Oh, I don't like that critical race theory. Um, you know, and then they can dis- discredit it because easy. Yeah, that's that's one some- swipe. One swipe is like you're fighting a invisible uh, boxer, right? You have a trained boxer, but you're fighting someone you uh, that's invisible. And you have no protection for yourself. And so, so, so yeah, that, I mean, that actually, and I know that's not where you were going with it, but that just bothers me. And we live in a nation to where there was so much traction on Black Lives Matter. And you have to assume that the new people in the space of Black Lives Matter have left and have not joined the critical race theory party. And I know we're going a different direction. So let me reel me back in because I could talk about this all night. No, I, I believe that's that's insightful as you as you unpack it. Because I, I do agree with the premise. I think that's very important to start off with and saying. Parents are the primary educators. They know their child. They need to be involved. I don't, I don't take the side that uh, parent involvement is going to be bad because we're, we're both parents, like we mentioned earlier. Parent involvement's good. You, you, you learn more. You know your child. You can help and support the educational process. It's good to be involved and talk about these things. But the critical race theory has become that that catch all that you're talking about, because if you ask somebody, I ask a lot of people, just define it for me. Give it to me in a sentence. What is it? And I have not yet anybody been able to tell me what critical race theory is. I get terms like it. uh, It makes white people uh, categorized as racist. It makes white people feel like they're oppressors. But no one's been able to articulate what it is uh, besides some of those. So some of those comments and but now but if you say that that fuels the protests that fuels the people to go and Correct. protest at another level and these people are protesting and they don't even know they're really protesting so correct correct and they, and that's why it it becomes so quickly becomes a stereotype it becomes a political affiliation what team are you on politically and therefore as as parents I believe it's helpful to get informed. It's helpful to uh, to learn more, but you constantly have to know what it is. You know, you don't want you don't want just I hear that it's bad and therefore I'm against it. You have to dig in and and understand what it is. And maybe you say I'm against that critical race theory because of this. But I feel it's important that we learn about all cultures. I want my child to learn about diverse thinking. I want critical thinking skills. I want him him or her to be culturally competent. That's what I like more of a distinction. Do you know what's the district? Um, uh, Germantown. Um, uh, There's a district here. um, A local school district. Local local district in the area. Germantown. Um, Got a cough there. That it is just what you're saying, Steve. There's a parent group that created a QR code. If you think your child's teacher is doing anything in the critical race theory, take a picture of it and send it here. Mm. So... Are you are you against that? You for that? Well, you whoever created this, assuming that you know what that you whoever created it, they're assuming that they know that the person knows what critical race theory. Uh, correct. Right. So 
so I'm against it. Yeah, yeah. So would I be in would I be in trouble? So I'm, throughout the year, I'd highlight heroes in history, and I'd bring up heroes of color, other Frederick heroes. Douglass. That that's critical race theory. Yeah, like like I'm surprised it hasn't gotten to the point. And, and this is going to sound really bad, so listeners don't kill me. I'm I'm actually surprised we haven't gotten to the point that if you bring up Martin Luther King, it's not critical race theory. Like that's where this is headed. Hmm. Well, maybe they has. So great educators. Well, that's where it'd be a harmful piece because as as superhero educators, we'd want integration of cultures and diversity into our teaching. That's only going to help our students. But if they're going to be labeled or they're scared that if I do this, I'm going to be brought up at a school board meeting, that's going to prohibit teachers from doing any of that. It's going to prohibit teachers from doing it. And um, and, and that's not what you want. Like that, that's 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 no. not what you want. So I'm just gonna put it out there. If you're from Germantown area and you need support, give Steve and myself a call. Like uh, get get out because we 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 need to do some consulting there because there's, there's a lot of things going on and that's that's just simply not right. So that's a local suburb north of Milwaukee that's that's dealing right. with some of this. And, and that's the, that's that's the damage. That would be the hurtful thing again. That students aren't getting the best strategies and curriculum and instruction because teachers are scared of what's happening now. So they they size it up and go, I want to integrate some of these heroes into my curriculum, but I'm not going to because I don't want to be highlighted and I just want to teach and I don't want any attention. So it makes me think I would have been brought up in that uh, to the school board and others, because I would definitely highlight and have this. um, I used to all the time highlight the different cultures and, and heroes. And I know you touched on this, but I'm just moving on a little bit. Now you touched on the recalling of school board, regardless of what the topic is. Mm -hmm recalling school board members like the efforts to do that seems to be like just springboarding and growing everywhere nationwide we don't like you we're gonna recall you and it might be you didn't vote the way to get a new gym or you didn't critical race theory or or my test scores or um you supported that person politically it's been a strategy, a political strategy, right? The governor of California happened to the governor of Wisconsin, where it happens politically to, to congressmen. We don't like how you took this position, so we are going to try to recall. And then there's always that I don't debate. remember it happening this much in education. Correct. It, it was always the political field. I believe this is the first time I've heard this kind of frequency ever in education. So we're in a new time period here in education. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay, so you're probably into politics a little bit more than me, but I'm gonna ask you this question. Why not, if you're that person, why not just simply run in the next election of the school board? I would feel they, the ones that are doing this are feel it's hurting their child. It's personal. It's hurtful. It's taking the wrong direction. And it, but they never insert themselves in the recall. Oh, you mean those people running? Yeah. yeah. Like they never insert themselves. We're going we're gonna to recall and then we're going to have Steve run, right? Well, insert yourself. Well, you may not want that either. You may want somebody else that. So you could be the face of a recall, but you can't run. I believe so. It might be two different skill sets. One's organizing, right? One's organizing and and motivating, and the other one's policy driven. Okay. So, your from your approach, that's harmful for what you're you're saying. That that's a harmful step. But parents are saying recall. Because it's easy to say this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But you really not in the fight. Get in the fight. And I'm not saying that's the only way to politic. Sure. 
Sure. I'm, but like, I, like I, could, I could recall, I could be upset with the president and never be in the space to be a president in real life, right? But you could be a, you could be in the space of being upset with a school board member and actually win that vote. I mean, actually win an election to get in the school. Like that's real. I have no problem with with parents being upset at school board members and getting engaged and informing themselves. I that makes them stronger as a citizen. It gets more people engaged because you don't want. I wouldn't want school boards doing what they, whatever they want. And no parents are like, you know what? I'm just going to let you go till your term's up because yeah, you got elected. I, I like people being informed. I don't mind critical thinking. I don't mind some arguing on, on topics and debates. Cause they, I don't mind it getting a little heated at times. Cause sometimes that shows you care, right? I care so much. I'm, I'm upset about this because I care. I don't mind. I, I take the recall as I'm not even upset about that. That doesn't bother me. I just would look at it and go, it doesn't pay because by the time you do the money, the expense of everything, why not wait it out and, and do a different approach of let Eugene in his spot. I'm not going to recall Eugene, but you know what? Every board meeting, I'll be there. I'm going to make phone calls. I'm going to email just to make sure Eugene knows my voice is going to be, and it's going to be heard. So I would continue to get rally people together to email, call Eugene, be at board meetings, but I'm not recalling because of the time and the expense. I think it's, it's more important to be there and be that presence. Um, that's my so, approach. So let me ask you another question. So Steve Garner runs for mayor. And Steve or anyone else bringing in new, fresh ideals, and he's bringing in the voice of the people. That's what typically person running for mayor or governor or alderman or what have you, right? But when you run for school board, does that same theory apply that you're doing this for the people? Or are you running for school board? because of your personal ideals to influence the board. I would think you're doing it for the, for the, for the community. You're doing it for the students. It's okay. a school, school district that's paid by taxpayer money. So you're, you're doing it for the taxpayers. I, I don't, I think everybody has their personal agendas, but I would say just like a Congressman or, or a Senator or mayor governor, you're doing it for that that community, that state, that region. You're here's, representing, it's always representative government. Here's what just makes the whole school board conversation and parents, here's what takes it up a level for me. And I'm saying this, Steve is not saying this, I'm saying this. Most school boards are so out of whack with reality anyway. And what, like, what are we? What are we even arguing about? You want this person? You want that? What the whole like? If school boards spent time, really spent time in schools. If school boards spent time with the children who are on the wrong side of the of the opportunity, learning, and achievement gap, things will look different. Oh, so you're what you're saying is that when you step back, there's a lot of a lot of discussion about this for nothing because school boards aren't really doing their job in the first place. Look, I'll give you an example. And this is probably not a school board decision, but I'm sure there was pressure on it. Recently, we had a day in which it was determined that it was too hot to be in schools. No air conditioning, old buildings, airflow terrible. So for this, they were considered the safety, go home after a half day. It was 90 degrees. It's been 99. It's been 100. It's been 101. 
And like this was not the first time it's been 90 degrees. So you're saying why would the school board just pick a random day? It makes no sense. It makes no sense, especially sure. when you can get to 100. Sure. And, 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 and I guess what I'm saying is if you're on the ground, the school boards would be different anyway. So what are we really doing? But that's that might lead right into the parents argument. That may be why Eugene needs to be out there protesting because school boards are rubber stamps for a lot of parents feel they're rubber stamps for the administrators. So we want to protest and get people in like Eugene who are going to be independent, critical thinkers, not just rubber stamp the administrators. Because I would I would contend that most school boards across the country have a good relationship with the administrators and the administrators say, this is what we're going to do. And the school board says, great idea. And parents across the country are saying, we don't like that. We want to have a school board that's more independent and, and maybe even challenges the administrators at a much greater level. And I have no problem with any of that. Personally, I feel I want as many people engaged in the community and, and talking about education because education otherwise always gets the back burner. So let's talk about education. Let's do that. And I agree, but now we're back to where we started. Do people have a right to hijack a school board meeting? We're back to where we started. I, I think we wouldn't want somebody doing something that legally they can't do. So if they're breaking, if they're breaking the rules of the local community of what they established, they're I not allowing we, you to go with the, with the pro uh, the agenda. Yeah. I don't think we can say that's all right. I don't think we could say that's all right. I'm always for, I have no problem with protest. Again, I wouldn't want anybody to break something to destroy property, to trespass where they're not supposed to. So I'm consistent in that, whether it's whatever we're protesting, I don't think we have a right to say, well, this is so important, I can break the law. Because then we have anarchy, because anybody can do what they want, because they can say, this is so important and personal to me, I can break that rule. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that you can break the rule when you protest. Okay. I think protesting has power, but you can't break the rules. So we're in a district, let's call it the middle of Nebraska. And currently in middle Nebraska, they have a no mask policy right now. But they're talking about it in a school board meeting. No mask policy, but you got to remain a certain distance from each other. Mm -hmm. So then the people just run up to the front, no spacing at all. Yeah. Do you shut down the meeting? And there's a question, or are you are you just giving me that scenario? No, I'm, I'm asking you a question. <laughs> Do you shut down the meeting off the technicality of hey, y'all not spaced out right here. You don't oh, have your mask yeah. on, which is okay, but you're gonna have to be spaced out during the okayness. Those that's happening. That's that's real life. That's that's happening. There's uh, meetings that are being called because they're getting uh, shouted down and they decide to to end the meeting early. And then people are following the board members out to the car that all this is happening across the country. My stance is information is always good. Parents getting involved is always good. Breaking the law is not good. So I want parents involved. I don't see this trend as bad. I see it as good to get parents involved. The trend I see bad would be if we, if we continue to see where they're breaking the rules and saying, well, this is so important, I can, I can break the rule or personal attacks. But they're taking a page out of politics with this of, of our national scene. My, my only fear is, I, okay, so I expect it out of politics, right? Correct. But my only fear is what, not necessarily from a politics standpoint, but from an education standpoint in a school setting, what message does this give kids? Yeah, I, and, I agree. And, with and how does this not play out now in the classroom? I, 
I agree with you there. If if they're hearing comments about their teacher, their principal, or their administrator, and they're hearing about that on the weekends from their parents and others, and then they go back to school and go, I don't have to listen to you, Eugene. My mom and dad said, I don't have to listen to you because of A, B, or C. That's a huge problem. And, and I we're, think we're, we're hoping parents can draw that line of saying, you still have to be respectful. We don't agree on something. How can you, if you're on TV in your city, how? I disagree with you on lots of things. I'll go on TV right now and say, I disagree with you, Gene. But you're not a minor. If, 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 if you're on TV talking about how bad a supervisor is, and then your child interacts that supervisor all the time, it has to have an influence. It, 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 it has to. That would be extremely dangerous if it's getting to that point. I Look. could contend that I contend that most parents would be able to say, this is a good life lesson. We disagree. We're not happy with this. We're going to do this in a peaceful way. And you still are responsible to be respectful. Because that's how our, that's how society is built too, right? So you and I are going to disagree on things. How do we handle it? Uh, we have to be able to handle it in some format. Correct. I, I agree. It's it's an interesting phenomenon to watch unfold from a distance. We're going to be coming and circling back to this because this this isn't going to go away. I, I believe it's worse. It's going to get worse or better. However you look at it. there's going to be more and more involvement, more engagement by parents. And we're going to watch what plays out and what are the effects of it? What are the effects of it in the classroom? What are the effects of it with school districts? This will all be. This is all playing out in front of us now. We're going to continue to monitor it. So, how do we wrap this up? Bring it back into a nice wrap. Steve, up. Steve, look, I'm going to read this. Let me read this before we wrap it up. So, I'm watching. I'm not watching. The news is on right now. CNN, whether you like the channel or not. Fight breaks out at Florida school district after new mass mandate announced. Right now, right as we're as you're literally on the wow. TV, like like right now, physical fight at a school board meeting, two ladies. Absolutely harmful, right? There's no way around that not being bad. Now that's gonna be bad because that now that taken into the classroom. How did mom solve it? Mom, mom brought the right and left hook. That's how she solved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We're having this conversation. I'm looking at it right there. So I'm going to summarize it. You add to it. And then we'll end how we end every show by talking about something that's happening right now that, that we want to highlight or it's important to us. You know, you don't dictate what I'm going to do. <laughs> Here's how we're going to. And again, there's disagreement. How do we handle it? So parent involvement. It's, it's happening. It's getting increased, intensified. I believe it's all, I believe it's good, except when it goes to the part of the fighting or something illegal. I want people to get more engaged. I want people to be invo more involved. I want parents to understand what's happening in the curriculum, what's happening in classroom management, what's happening with policies. Ideally, they would be on committees, volunteer, help out the teachers. That's what I'd love to see parents do. And so all that's good. I agree. You agree. That's it. I agree. And our line is illegal activity. Illegal activity. Now, and in, and in a school board sense, hijacking the meeting. You could have just said, I agree with you, Steve. That would be the simplest way to do all this. I agree with you, Steve. I agree with your analysis. <laughs> so, 
at the end of each show, we talk about things that are happening as we as we go around the country speaking or presenting or researching. We're in touch with many, many districts and, and schools. So we got our pulse on what's happening in education. And something I'd love our viewers, our listeners, I should say, to really follow is, is the presence we have on LinkedIn as we're, we're getting lots of information. LinkedIn is a great way professionally to connect. Uh, Eugene and I both are on LinkedIn, so you can, you can connect with us. So Steve Gerner, G-E-R-N-E-R, or Eugene Pitchford, P-I-T-C-H-F-O-R-D, the third. Connect with us on LinkedIn. That's where we're pushing out lots of educational information. And we can really uh, share some valuable tips for you there and yeah. research that we're doing. And also you can ask questions. It's a lot, lots of times that's how we're getting to presentations or finding out about other school districts. So connect with us on LinkedIn. Be worth your time there. BP3. Hey, I concur. Hit us up on LinkedIn. Um, Did you also, say I agree, Steve, is how I like you to state it from now on. I agree, Steve Patterson. <laughs> uh, I want to point everyone to, oh man, I hope we're not confusing the listeners out there. Steve Patterson is an inside joke. Um, I want to point all the listeners out there to the book, Superhero Educator, How to Teach with Superior Skills and Success. You can find the book on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes and Noble. It's one of the best education books out there. And, and, and I'm biased because we wrote it. So, um, you know, it's never too early to start stockpiling Christmas gifts. Um, it's never too early to be a blessing for your favorite educator. Um, and you can be a blessing for your favorite educator by purchasing the book, Superhero Educator and gifting it to them. So hopefully uh, you can make that happen and we thank you in advance. And that, my friends, is a wrap. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator.